Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Portrait of a Lady on Fire? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. Hello! <laughs> hey, we said it at the same time. Amazing. That was not on purpose, I no. swear. That was amazing. <laughs> Stars aligned. <laughs> it was great. So we have a mini topic this week. Mini topic. For, which is in in a, you know in the theme of our movie, mm-hmm. which is forbidden romances. Ooh. So one of the ones I wrote down, I'm like ninety percent sure that you probably also wrote down. So should I start? Or do you want to start? Well, you can't say something like that and then not <laughs> deliver. So okay, it's Shakespeare in Love. Uh, that's my number one. I love that, <laughs> that movie. That was my number two, but I knew that it. I knew was, it was right. 90% sure. I'm yeah, right. yeah. That movie was one of my favorite movies for quite a long time. It's a great it's movie. It's lovely. Yeah. It has a really nice score as well. Yeah. Costumes. I like Gwyneth Paltrow. I know a lot of people give her a hard time, but I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I it's like that great movie, movie a lot. That's a really good one. It's such a good story. Um, my first one is First Night, and I know you don't like... Richard Gere. Oh, I actually have seen that movie. Did you like it? I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love costume movies. Yeah. Which me too. is something I'll talk about with the movie we watched this week as well. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I it's cute. I yes, I'm not a Richard Gere fan, but I do remember that movie was good. Yeah, I really liked it. Um I read the book too, but I've seen the movie a bunch of times. I think I had the book and I lent it to my mom. And then I think she lost it. Oh, wow. I know. I was devastated. You should tear her house apart (laughs) looking for it. We've moved too many times now. It's probably long gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, when you move, you, like, shed off a bunch of shit that you're like, I don't even care about this. Yep. I don't want to carry it with me. You yeah, know? that's the best so, part about moving. It is, yeah. You're Merging. like, I'm going to Marie Kondo everything. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, I have five things in my possession because I got rid of literally everything. <laughs> and then ten years later when you move again, you're like, oh. Five things turned into five millions. So. Yep, exactly. Yeah. How did I accumulate so much junk? Yeah. Um, I really liked First Night a lot. I Sean Connery is also in that. And Julie Armand. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like the... I loved the... Just... I thought the dynamic between like all three of them was very good. I felt like Julie Armand had a lot of chemistry with Sean Connery. She also had a lot of chemistry with uh, Richard Gere. I don't know. I really like that movie. I think it's, I think it's a decent, it's a decent film. I think that's a movie that I might like to watch again. I have it. it's been a really long time. You want to watch it? Yeah. It's Lancelot and Guinevere, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I saw it in theaters. Did you that's really? That's how long ago I've wow, seen it. Oh, because it's like, God, that movie's probably like 92 or something. I... It's a lot. I was Are a kid. I'm looking it up. I was very young. I um. Yeah, it's got to be early night because he had like, because Richard Gere had like dark hair, like he had like brown hair in that. Yeah, and he well, he could have used just for men. <laughs> just for nights. Just for, just for nights. 1995. So, oh wow, 95. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's a good 25 years old. Yeah, but I I have a memory of sitting in the theater watching it. Because <laughs> we had a movie theater across the street from my house, so we went to it all the time. Nice. Yeah. I was eight. 
I was eight. Yeah. I would have not seen that movie at eight years old. I don't think I would have been interested in it, so I think I saw it when I was a teenager. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. at eight, I would have been like, why are you showing this? I don't care about these people, <laughs> you know? I just want to watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love to go into the theater. I still love it, but when I was a kid oh, especially, man. like, I if my mom it. was like, what do you want to do today? Most of the time, I'd be like, I want to go to the theater. That's, like, so. the number one thing, other than getting a haircut that I missed during quarantine. But I'm getting a haircut on Thursday, and I'm oh. super excited. I know. Nice. It's going to be nice. It's going to be really nice, which is why... I, drew, I uh, learned it how to do cute a, today. Yeah, a, like a hair crown, a, yeah, like braided hair crown. You look very, you look very cute today. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm not going anywhere. I just felt like not wearing it down. Yeah. 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 Well, one on my list is a movie called Never Let Me Go. Oh my God, mine too. I love that. <laughs> I've read the book and seen the movie. I've also read the book, but I have not seen the movie. It's it's very good. I think. Probably Andrew Garfield's best role, maybe, yeah. for me. He played Spider-Man, and he did good as Spider-Man, but that's it's sort of hard to judge because comic book movies are, sort of exist on a different plane right. than normal like dramas a lot of the time. But I think his, his role in this movie is, is really good. It's such a beautiful, sad story. And there's this one so scene... Sad. There's this one scene where he... He is so emotional. It's it's gut wrenching. Really? I, it's, yeah. I, I should see it because I read the book. Yeah, and it's it's pretty close to the book. I think the liberties they take were not egregious. Okay. That's and good. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, I really like her as well. And I am also a Keira Knightley fan. But yeah. it's it's a beautiful story. So sad. It's. Did you, how, when you were reading the book, how long did it take you to catch on that they were selling their organs? Well, I saw the movie first. Okay. So, okay. um, I, I, yeah, I didn't really have that learning okay. curve. <laughs> okay. Because I was reading it and I was like, almost right away, I was like, they're clones. They're selling their organs. Like, I was like, mm-hmm, this is what's going on. I bet you. I could, I picked it up pretty much almost immediately. Yeah. Um. That, it's a good book, but I, yeah, I've never seen the movie. But that's funny. I would recommend it's also it. also on my list. I think the movie has this magical quality that I, is kind of hard, uh, where the society they live in is pretty much identical to ours. Mm -hmm. It's not super futuristic. There's really nothing futuristic about it, except for the fact that there's technology that exists to make a clone. Yeah. And then if you get injured or something, your clone, it's like organ donation, like you said. But you would never, the look of the movie is that of like an English countryside movie. Yeah. It's, it's really pretty and it's really simple. And I, I think that's so magical that you can, when you can incorporate sort of, um, when you can incorporate mega futuristic technology, but you can make life look like life actually looks to the people who are going to be watching it. I think yeah. that takes a skill and I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, because like in the book, it was, um, it was very for for the content. I was surprised at how much it wasn't futuristic, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But I like that. Um, did you ever read the House of the Scorpion? No. Okay, I read that probably seven times, maybe. It, I love it. It's like it's like a, a young adult book, but it's about a kid who is growing up and he is a clone of a very rich man who owns this like huge portion of land like part of Mexico or something and it's like 
but it takes place in the future. But that one, it has a very futuristic feel to it. Okay. Um, not like futuristic, like, um, like Futurama type thing, but more just like, this isn't our world. Mm -hmm. And you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one though. People want to read that. I got the book. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) If you want to see a good example of stories that are very similar, but done vastly different, watch The Island. Yeah, yeah. And then watch Never Let Me Go. And <laughs> that is very different. Very but they're different. very sim- the same story. Almost the same story, but just such a... Yeah. Ma- one is masterfully done, and one is, a, I think, a Michael Bay movie. And I'll let you decide which oh, yeah. one is masterfully done. <laughs> and if you can't pick up which one is the Michael Bay movie, you might need help. Because it's really obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hate the island because I appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And what it is is I'm going to eat popcorn or snacks and watch a movie. And it's probably summertime and I just need to get in the air conditioning for a while. <laughs> yeah. So anything will do. You know. I mean, you know, um, it has a it has a good cast. Scarlett yeah. Johansson and Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Isn't Sean Bean in it? And it's also, yeah, and it's also a forbidden love story. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Exactly. But just not quite as beautiful. No, definitely not like. Yeah, definitely not. It's it's more like Black Mirror ish. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, what's another one on your list? Uh, Moulin Rouge. <gasps> oh, that's a really good one. Oh yeah, man, I know. There's this beautiful scene. Um, there's a scene where they're like nude and embracing in the windowsill, mm-hmm. and it's such a beautiful picture that um, that is actually I think. That was in the trailer, and that's what made, that shot is what made me want to see the movie. Really? Because it was just so romantic. Oh. (laughs) And, oh, what a sad but lovely movie. I know. It's, it's, it's so good. I love that movie. And that's, like, one of those films I was really into when I was younger. And then, I think I just recently rewatched it, like, maybe within the past couple years, and I was thinking, like, I'm like, I'm going to rewatch this, and I'm going to think this is stupid. And I rewatched it, and I was like... Still love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still love it just as much. <laughs> you know? And John Leguizamo is in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he plays Toulouse. Yeah. Toulouse de la Trek. Uh, it's... Yeah. I recommend that movie to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're... You don't... I mean, if you don't know what it's about or what it looks like, you're in for a real treat because it's a wild ride and it's a great story. Yeah. yeah. And if you like Romeo plus Juliet or if you like The Great Gatsby, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, it's done by the same director. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you like that kind of like, he has a lot of flash, but there's also a lot of like, there's a lot of heart in his story too. Big time. Yeah. 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 Oh, and Strictly Ballroom. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Have I haven't. One? No. It's cute. It's not. It's. If if you had put that in the same category as all the others, I would have never imagined that they were done by the same director because okay. it's so different. It's just it's not like as flashy, but it's a cute little like love story about ballroom dancing. I think they did a remake of that called Shall We Dance with Richard Gere. No, no, no that was a, there's a Japanese film called Shall We oh, Dance. Okay, yeah, I knew mm-hmm. that it was a remake of something, so I've seen that, but I haven't yeah. seen Strictly Ballroom. I've seen yeah, Shall We Dance too. Yeah, as well. Yeah. I've seen Shall Me we too. Dance I've well. seen Shall We Dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's another one on my list and okay it's atonement which okay yeah i've, seen I've read the book and seen the movie and the book is beautifully written it's chock full of detail it's like they have who wrote it ian McEwen. Okay, okay and it's 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 beautiful book but it is dense and it 
I don't know if I would have gotten through it if I hadn't seen the movie first and I could sort of envision the movie characters as I was reading. So I think I would recommend the movie because it's it's really, it's intense. It's really good. It's a um, very intense story. And it's another one that's just like English countryside, very beautiful, but very dark. And then World War II. Such a, and, it's such a, yeah, it's such a, it's it has a very dark Mm -hmm. twist and aspect yeah. to it. This is going to be a slight spoiler, but... So if I mean, it came out it, 10 years ago. <laughs> the character of Bryony is actually a really good villain, I think. Um, she's a catalyst for some terrible things. I learned recently that there is a difference between an antagonist and a villain. An antagonist is someone who just prevents the protagonist from getting to their goal. And a villain is, like, basically pure evil. So, like, in... Um, like in Harry Potter, technically Voldemort would be an antagonist, but Umbridge, I guess you don't really know what this is, anyway. <laughs> trying to think of another more relatable, like, okay, here we go. The Dark Knight, the Dark Knight, the Joker is a villain, but Harvey Dent is an antagonist. So she would be an antagonist, not a villain. I disagree. Because really? okay. she <laughs> lies to the audience as well as the characters in the book. Oh, okay. And she willingly lies. She tells But she's us, not pure evil, though. She feels bad later for her. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I disagree with you, because I think that she... She willingly lies to us. That's as true. As the reader, as the viewer. And... She never makes atonement for her... I mean, like, I guess the book is supposed to be, like, making atonement for it, but she never comes out with the truth before that. Yeah. I don't know. Both of them die, too. Before, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they die yeah, before I guess the war her, is over. I, do, I don't... I guess her... I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I disagree. I think she is a, a villain. I mean, she does... You know, I'm not going to spoil it. All y'all who are listening out there, it's worth a, it's worth a, a watch, mm -hmm. for yeah. sure. It's an intense film. So, Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I have another, let's see, I have, um, I put down Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I've never seen that one, but I thought of it just because, obviously, it's a forbidden romance, mm -hmm. but have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's very good. It's, it's very sad. It's, yeah. it's, it'll make you cry. It, it's very, like, it's, it's kind of similar to, like, what we're going to discuss, um, just with, the time being, like, you know, being gay is not, like, really something that people are okay with. And, you know, um, like, Heath Ledger's character ends up marrying. I think they actually end up both marrying women. But they're both, like, in love with each other. So it's just this, just this, like, just a sad story of these two people who clearly, like, don't want to be married to women and want to be with each other, but they can't. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's very, it's very heartbreaking. And the ending, like, the ending is very sad. It's just, it's a sad film. It's, like, I'm getting emotional talking about it. It's, yeah, yeah, I do know how it ends. <laughs> My last one is, oh, oh, shit, did you have one? I did have one. You mentioned it when we were talking about Moulin Rouge, but I really love, what you called it? it Romeo plus Juliet, but I always call it oh. Romeo and Juliet. But the Baz Luhrmann version I love that movie. Uh, I had it pretty much memorized. 
Did you? When I was 12 or 13, yeah. Oh my, I could recite the entire Juliet death scene. Yeah, yeah. so I love it. I yeah. I think the two leads really hot at the time. Hot as in like famous, not like, like ooh, <laughs> so hot sexy. Right <laughs> I just mean, it was just a well-made movie and it was put out at the right time and it was put out at the right time for me. I think I was the right age to enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah. John Leguizamo is good. And wow, the, he's in a lot of stuff that we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> the actor that plays Mercutio, I don't I know don't his know name, who he but is. he yeah. played. He was a drag queen in the movie Dumplin', mm-hmm. the Netflix movie Dumplin'. Yeah, I saw that one. And uh, when I watched that, I got really excited. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Mercutio!" <laughs> I didn't know that he had done anything else. So, I it's a really good movie. I don't think I'd recognize him if I saw it. I. I have not seen that movie, like, in years and years, so I don't know how I feel about it now. Um, I mean, you obviously know kind of how I feel about Romeo and Juliet as a whole. Obviously, I don't know, maybe that'd be a little different, but I'm curious to see how I'd feel about it now, you know? Like, now that all this time has passed and I'm a little bit older, maybe I'd be like, okay, I like it more. Yeah. I didn't really like it when I first saw it. I was oh, like, really? I wasn't... I was okay with it. I didn't care about it. I wasn't like... if. I found a journal of mine, this is yeah. a long time ago that I found it, but I still have it, where I started rewriting my own version of the movie. Really? And it's basically just... Do you romance. still have it? Yeah, it just, yeah, I still have it. No one can ever see oh, damn it. Damn it, I was hoping. But it was just me was gonna ask writing like, out the lines, <laughs> just putting a more modern twist on it. Instead oh, of making okay. Them. Yeah, so that was my creative mind at, I don't know, 12 I, I like it. Hey, I you gotta start somewhere. You yeah, know? so... You were writing fan fiction. Oh, boy. <laughs> you were totally writing fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> Did you not realize that until now? No, I didn't realize that until now. I I abandoned it pretty quick because it's a big undertaking, but it is in, in an old journal of mine, so, yeah. yeah. Erotic friend fiction. It's not erotic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, uh... pretty much every day. I'm like, I mean, I turn it on when I go to sleep. It's like background noise. Also, speaking of sleep, my Himalayan pink salt lamp, the little light, it died last night. It's the first time I've slept without it in like a year. And I was sad. I know. (laughs) I just have to go out and get a new light bulb, but it's just so sudden. Unexpected. (laughs) I was mourning. (laughs) What's your last one? Or do you have any more? So, I haven't seen the movie, but I read the book, like, Water for Chocolate. Oh. It's I pretty, feel like, like, I've heard that title, but maybe not. As a kid, so I read it when I was, like, a teenager, and um, as a teenager, so there's, the story is that it's about a woman who falls in love with a guy, and the guy gets married to her sister. Like, they're, like, engaged. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I remember feeling incredibly frustrated at, at the guy because I felt like he was kind of one of those people where he's like, well, um, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I can't do this. Like, just making all these excuses as to why they couldn't be together because he was something... There was something about the sister, like, she died or she, like... I don't know. I don't know. It was like... I just had a very hard time understanding why she was so into the guy, but I remember the story being very, like, sensual and, like... Oh, okay. Very, like, very, like... 
it was unlike anything I'd, I'd read before when I was that young. And it was, it was very, um, like kind of eye opening, you know, and there was all these different recipes that are in the book too. Um, that she's like cooking. Oh, so you can actually make the recipes of the things she's cooking. And I thought that was really that cool too. Really, that's yeah. A creative twist. And I know they made a movie, but I never saw the movie. So, but I just, I'm, I'm it's, curious it's as to how it's the same title. Like yeah. Water for water chocolate. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's, it's like just like he didn't want to get married to her sister and I can't remember why they got married, but it was like a whole like weird situation. And it just, I didn't want her to pine after him anymore because I felt like he, I think he cared about her, but I didn't think he cared enough about her to try and do anything about it. Right. You know, like it was, he was just comfortable in the situation with his sister rather than being like with someone he felt very passionate with. And so it was just, yeah. I don't know, you know? So I'm, I'm, I don't know if I would reread the book, but I would watch the movie. When, when I hear about love stories like that in that vein, I think a lot about Kate Winslet's character in The Holiday. She's so hung up on the other actor. And he just wants her around to like boost his ego, but he has no, any, no interest in committing to her even being in a relationship. But as soon as she starts pulling away, he pulls her back. Oh my God. And it's just this endless time of war. He's such an ass. And when you're in that situation, I think it's easy to think, like, oh, he'll come around. But from the outside looking in, it's so frustrating to see women, women I'm talking about, I'm sure men do it as well, but in this scenario, it's a woman. Like, to see women just still following this person around who doesn't care about them the way that they should be cared about, you know? Right, and that's exactly it. And mm-hmm. I think the ending, I think they ended up together in the end, but... I don't know. For some reason, it didn't feel satisfying because I didn't care. I didn't like him. I didn't think she should have been with him. I think, I think it was a situation that was bad for her. And I think that he was just kind of like, not a dick, but just, it's like what you said. Like, just kind of like, she just kept getting pulled back in. But I don't know. You know what? I read it when I was like 15. So that was like, what, 18 years ago? It's been a long ass time. It's been a long time. 38? I'm 33. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, yes, use those math skills. You got real basic math there. It's not statistics. Math is never basic for me. It's all difficult. So you ready to talk about our movie? I am. Okay. So um, you sent me a couple of crying emojis after watching it last night. And I was immediately like, great. Well, first of all, I have to say, I went into this movie expecting there to not be a happy ending based on the time that this was happening and also the content. I, I pretty much expected it to probably, it to not go the way that you want it to go. Um, but overall, what did you think of it? Well, I agree with you and I was afraid that she was going to commit suicide by lighting herself on fire. And I was too. So the movie was a mixed bag in terms of emotions for me. And I mean that in a positive sense, because I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I really liked that neither one of them died at the end, Mm -hmm. but it was still so heartbreaking that they didn't end up together. I know. However, something about the movie that was really magical is that it's a very subdued, thoughtful, quiet movie. I'm going to use the word slow, but I don't, 
want any negative connotations attached to it because it's not boring. It's no, just it's slow. definitely the not. The pace is just very slow. It's methodical. And the last scene of the movie really moved me. It was so moving. Dude, and I, I was like swelling with emotion. And I don't think that that scene would have been nearly as powerful if there had been other passionate moments, like yeah. more passionate and emotional moment, moments throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But since the movie was so subtle, that last scene just, it really got to me. It, it, it was really moving. It was really beautiful. And something else is that since it was a French movie, I was prepared for it to be quite steamy, and it really wasn't. No, it was very it was, subtle. Yeah, it yeah. was very... Like I said, like just very subtle, very quiet, and it's it, I want it's a lovely film, and I know "lovely" is kind of an old-fashioned word, but I don't know any other way to say it. And everything it's I'm saying beautiful. was just I'm saying it with like the utmost respect because I I really enjoyed it. But that last scene, oh man, <laughs> yeah, you know we'll we'll get to it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, full disclosure, I turned off the TV and I was sitting on my couch like like sobbing. Like, I was sobbing. Like, I, like, was, like, making, like, audible, like, sob noises. Like, I, it was just, I mean, I'm getting emotional now talking about it. Like, yeah, I, I just finished it, like, a couple hours ago. Um, but, yeah, we'll get there. But I totally agree with you on that. It's, like, so, okay. So, let's start out. So, the lead, the lead character is named Marianne. Mm-hmm. And the first scene is her with a bunch of other girls that are, like, um, like she's teaching, she's doing, yeah, like a yeah. painting class. Yeah, and so, um, and then they point out a painting that's behind them, and it's of a woman on the beach, and she's on fire, and it's like a stormy night. It's like a, this beautiful painting, and uh, you can start to see like Marianne's face is getting like, like, just talking about that is is obviously something that's like it touches her. You know, it's an emotional thing for her. Um, and so immediately I was like, wow, that painting's gorgeous. I cannot wait to see what the rest of this movie is going to be like. I it did not of, let me down. <laughs> I have one issue, like one of, the, one of the only issues I have with the movie is something that I don't like in movies is that she said the title of the movie. <laughs> that really bothers me. She said, the, the, one of the students said, I got the painting out, should I not have? And she was like, no. And the, the student was like, what's it called? And she said, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And I thought, oh, the title of the movie. <laughs> so my one critique, if anyone asks, is just have her say Woman on Fire or Lady on Fire, right. not Portrait of a, just so you're well, not Well, but it saying... wasn't even like a portrait. It was like a way far yeah, away at a like distance. A... Like a portrait's usually up close. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. That... So just yeah. to avoid saying the title of the movie. Then again, I don't speak French. Oh, it so could be possible. different. It totally could have been different. Because it is subtitled. But for me watching it, my one thing, and, and since that's the beginning of the movie, I went, hmm. But it, it was quickly... <laughs> Quickly, quickly, quickly done away with. It doesn't matter. And like you're like, excuse me. Can we talk about this for a second here? Portrait of Lady on Fire. Yeah, we get it. Okay. So I don't know if you ever watched the show This Is Us. I'm not. I'm not. Super schmaltzy, but I watch it with my mom. Is that with my love and Tamelia? Yes. Okay. But I saw an, uh, an interview with one of the actors in it on like The Tonight Show or something, and he said he always tries to incorporate the title. 
into his dialogue and the directors always catch him and he was in a taxi once with a character and they were in a scene and he was like he said to the taxi driver oh this is this is us and the director stopped him and he's like don't say that <laughs> that's great I love it so he, <laughs> I love it that's like his little tiny rebellion yeah. and he's like no I am gonna say it because yeah. that works like oh this is us yeah though. like I so I just that's clever I don't for one second of the movie I was like <laughs> don't like that but anyway no so. I it's kind of funny that you say that because I was like oh mm, okay <laughs> you know, like, it's I was gonna like, be like that is it it's gonna be like that Marianne yeah. okay all right no um so so I was writing down I wrote down like a bunch of different notes and everything like that and I was like trying like from the beginning like from the beginning I was trying to uh figure out the mystery of how her sister died you know, I was like, oh, she died in childbirth. Oh, she died from this. Oh, she died from that. But then they were like, oh, she fell off the cliff, but she didn't cry out. And I was like, okay, I got it wrong. <laughs> I was bummed. Why would she think? Because, because uh, Marianne was like, did she die from disease? And, so and Sophia, or is it Sophie? Yeah, Sophie, Sophie was like, no. And I was like, mm, I wonder if it was childbirth. Interesting. Yeah. I that never, was where my first thought was. Everything was so, like, everything was so beautifully bleak that I... I just, I didn't think that she committed suicide outright, but I did think it's a possibility she committed suicide because they're so secretive about it. Yeah. So, that's interesting. They, and I thought that it was kind of odd that she wasn't really mentioned again. Like, she was mentioned a couple times, but not like, like, I felt like it should have been a little bit more of, like, a thing. To me, I didn't really think the the death of the sister was really a necessary part of the story. I felt like they could have cut that out and it wouldn't have really made a difference. You know, they could have just made her, like, the mom with La, La Comtesse could have been, like, a more, just, like, a overprotective mother, you know, instead of being like, oh. Because she was like, oh, I don't let her out because what happened to her sister. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it didn't seem to me like there was a big reason to have that in it, you know? I guess I disagree with you. Okay. I just... I'm curious why. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I really, I like that, well, I don't like that the sister committed, su committed suicide, but I like that the suicide was a catalyst to bring these two characters together because oh, Eloise true. Was, a, was a nun, mm -hmm. or I, I think she was in, like a Benedictine, which I think is a nun. Yeah, she was in a convent. Yeah, she yeah. was in a convent, and the marriage arrangement had been already set up with this guy. So the mother was like, well, I have a second daughter. I'll bring her back and marry him because the mother wanted to move back to Milan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so I, I actually, I kind of liked how this whole arrangement was supposed to be a happy affair. And now it's so sad. That's true. And there was just like this recurring sadness almost over everything. So Eloise was sad because she had to leave her convent and get married. She didn't want Heloise. to. Heloise. Heloise, yeah. So she was sad because she didn't want to get married. Mm -hmm. The mother was sad because she lost a daughter, but also because she was stuck in this house. And you presume that she has gone through the exact same thing. The mother, I assume, was put into an arranged marriage. The father is gone. I assume he is dead. Mm -hmm. They never mention him, so it seems like he's probably died a well, while ago. Well, because if she was following this, if she was going with her daughter, yeah. I would imagine that, yeah, he probably and passed away. So she 
was excited to go back to Milan. And then there's this other like pervasive sadness of these two characters who love each other who can no longer be together or could not be together. Right. So I just I think that there's just this like really beautiful sadness encapsulating the whole movie and I think that the suicide my guess this is how like the world they created and like my thinking about history is that suicide was way more taboo back then so instead of dwelling on the suicide they just didn't talk about the sister oh that makes sense it's kind of what I thought Oh, that makes sense. See, I didn't even think of that. See, this is why we were talking. <laughs> um, I actually did write something about the, um, uh, yeah, I wrote something about La Contessa's portrait because in the portrait, I don't know if you noticed this, but she looked scared. Like she looked, she was like, this is my future and I don't know what's going to happen. She oh. looked scared in the portrait and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. interesting. I didn't really, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really notice that. Yeah, she looked, she just had this look of like, like just fear like I like I don't know what to anticipate I don't know and um and uh, it really made me feel for her because I just like I mean yeah of course you're gonna feel that way like you're marrying a guy who you have no idea what he's gonna be like he probably doesn't even know what he looks like they have no photographs so you know there's that Mm -hmm. it's just it's like what if you hate each other what if you can't stand him what if like he has bad breath or stinks or like is creepy or I don't know, like any number of items. I'm like, I just, what a, what a sad situation to be in as a woman. And when Marianne said that she didn't want to marry, I was like, don't do it. Like, because at that point in time, you're essentially giving up all your property to this guy and then you're his property. You know what I mean? Because women didn't own property back then. Now, it might have been different in France, but I kind of doubt it. I, I feel like it was probably similar views um it is so you're just giving up so much of your autonomy to get married and yeah I don't think many women could live as single women though I don't think so either and well she's so lucky because she yeah. had her own you know I mean she, she had took her, over father's, her father's yeah so I think with Marianne is that I was like I was like totally I think it would have been the same way if I was her I would have been like I'm gonna hold on to what I have and I'm gonna keep it and, like, if I fall in love with someone, great. But if not, then at least I'm, you know, I got my autonomy. I got my freedom, you yeah. know, so. I like at the beginning, like, when the very first time, after the painting class, when we see her, she's on the boat going to the the place where she's going to be painting the portrait. One of her canvases falls off, and she yeah. just jumps right in the water. I know. And she's swims pretty. to it. So she's very independent. Yeah. And she's financially independent, and she's... And I she like that she wasn't herself. even like, oh, wait, stop, my painting. She was just like, I'll get this it. shit again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was like, I'm going to take off my jacket and dive right in. Yeah. yeah. I liked her, too. I, she was great. I really liked that. I do want to say something about the movie that I really, really love. And it's just the craft of movie making is so perfect in this, in yes. this movie. It's a feast for the senses. It really is. The... The minimalist set design, I loved it. The house was beautiful. The scenery was beautiful. I love costumes. And 1700s are some of my favorite, it's like my favorite time for costumes. Oh my God, yes. And I I just really like, in the noise, the noise of like furniture moving across wood floors, the noise of creaking wood floors and footsteps, the noise of the fire crackling, and then outside the waves and... 
it's just everything about it just envelopes you into this world and it's so masterful it really it's, is it's so well, and it's all ambient noise too mm-hmm. so they don't have like some because we were talking about um when we were at, we were talking about what was it something where um when they have like a super strong soundtrack and it doesn't match with what's happening in the movie so you're like mm. <laughs> you know like this is yeah it puts you on edge yeah, and, yeah well like it puts you on edge and also you're like it's almost too much to the point where you're like, I don't need you to tell me how to feel with your music. You need to tell me how to feel with the writing and the mm-hmm. characters react. Like, you know what I mean? With this, I felt like um, with the absence of all of that, like, background, you know, music, it, it really, I felt like it, it really added to the film. And like yeah. what you said, like there's the waves, there's the sound of the front, like everything is just like, it's just like, you're just kind of like living almost in this little bubble with them. Yeah. You know? The art, the art of mood making is so strong in yeah. this one. It's just everything about it is so well thought out. So fun to listen to and to watch. It's, yeah. It's really good. It's, it's very good. Yeah. I, I... I really liked it, you know? Um, so she comes to do the portrait. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the maid, Sophie. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, Sophie explains to her that the last guy who came to do the portrait couldn't finish because Heloise would never sit for him. She yeah. would never pose. And then the mother reveals that the reason Marianne is there is to... They're telling Heloise that she's a walking companion, but really she has to study her face and paint her from memory. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a cool deception. And I wondered almost the whole time if Heloise was onto it, but didn't mind. But I don't know. I I can't tell. I didn't really really think of that. More what I was wondering was how pissed is she going to be when she finds out that this isn't the case? I was really nervous yeah. about that. Yeah, I yeah. was like, is she going to be really mad? But then she like wasn't angry about it, and There's... I liked that she wasn't angry. You know? Yeah. I think she already was in love with her at that point. I think so, too. And something that I really liked about the movie is when they were talking about when she said, I remember, I'll remember the first time I wanted to kiss you, and Marianne tried to guess the first time, and Heloise never told her. Yeah, yeah. And so my assumption is she fell in love with her quite early. Yeah. And, but yeah, so, and I also wonder, because Marianne was, like, looking at her for long periods of time, so those extended glances, it's kind of romantic thing. Oh, yeah, so, totally. Yeah, yeah, if you see someone and you're like, wow, like, you're really she's really me. cute. She's looking at me. Like, yeah. you might be like... Is she into me? I'm gonna be into her, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I noticed so that Marion had said something about how she never saw Halloween smile, mm-hmm. but the first time she smiled was when Marion was playing that song. Yes. And I like I wrote oh, that down. Yeah. Because yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, and I think I kind of think that's probably where the feeling started. And so yeah. she was playing the music. That was a really nice moment yeah. between mm-hmm. them. It was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're on this incredibly beautiful coastline. It's in Brittany, France, Brittany, 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 France. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, (laughs) it's pronounced B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
And I, I got really sad when Heloise was saying how she wanted to live in the convent because she said, there's something pleasant about equality. Yeah. And I like, and that like fucking just broke my heart. Like I was just like, damn, that hit, like that hit hard in the chest because it was just, because yeah. you know, and that's exactly what I was just talking about. Like once she gets married, she's not going to have that sense of equality. It's just... What a shitty situation, you know? Yeah. I just and I think ugh. like in in that day and age, if you were sold into marriage, marriage wasn't like you're gonna fall in love. Marriage was I need offspring. Yeah. So you're getting married basically to produce heirs. So you don't even have control over your own body. No. You know. So you don't want to get married. Number one. And if you don't want to get married, that means you probably don't want to have children. Number two. But if you're if if you're in a convent, you sort of have that control over your body and your future, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like not an ideal. I, I honestly, I think it's not an ideal situation either way. I I think the only person who had you. an ideal situation was Marianne. She, yeah. She could make decisions about her body and her where she lived and what she did and how she made money. And the unfortunate thing is, even though she could do those things, she still couldn't be with the person she wanted to be with. I know. So. Ugh. We'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. So she paints part of the picture. Yeah. Portrait. Part of the portrait. In secret. They go out and take walks. And they have sort of, like, vague discussions back and forth. Yeah, but they're not really... Their initial walks are not... They're not really talking yeah. very much. It's like mostly she walks just Marianne of, kind of looking at Heloise. Yeah, and yeah. Heloise kind of walks ahead of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they mention that later, like, Marianne says it to, like, the mom or something. She's to like, Sophie, well, yeah. she's not really, like... Yeah, so, yeah, Sophie. She's like, she's not really looking at me, so I'm, like, having a hard time doing this. And then she paints a face where Heloise is smiling and um, shows it, or, you know, talks to the mom and is like... I need to show Heloise this first. And then Heloise is just like, what are you, this isn't me. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. And um, that's just a very kind of strong sense of where emotionally like Heloise is at in her life where she's like, no, I don't want to smile. Like, I don't want this forever on there because I don't feel that way. And it's, it's again, it just breaks your heart. Like, she's just like, no, I don't, I'm not happy in this. So don't make me happy. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I also think, Part of it is nobody really knows her. Maybe the people at the convent know her, but she's not with them anymore. She's going into a world where nobody knows who she is. Yeah. Nobody can see, like, nobody sees who she is. And I think she was disappointed in the art because, in my mind, she's already in love with Marianne. Right. And maybe slightly disappointed that Marianne didn't paint her. Right, like in the way like she the thought. Way, in the way somebody's in love with you sees you. And so I, I think that there was some, like, she, she sort of prodded a little bit, because I think she could tell that there was chemistry between them, and she was like, is this how you see me? Is yeah. this how others see me? Because it was such a generic-looking portrait. Yeah, it was. It there really was, was. There was no, like, depth of emotion. There was no personality. Her personality wasn't yeah. in it. Yeah. And it was, and it's depressing, because she's going into a marriage with a complete stranger, who also Maybe if they're lucky, they'll love each other, but 
might not see her for I mean, if they're is. lucky, they'll get along. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like. And so I, I think that she was prodding her a little bit more, like, I know there's more between us, and this painting isn't showing what's actually between us. Yeah. And I think that's why Marianne got so upset, because she knew that Heloise was correct. Like, Yeah. I mean, so. it's... And so... So when she was looking at the old portrait that the first painter did, like, that wasn't finished, mm-hmm. um, and she's going over it with, like, the candle, and then she, like, start, like sets part of it on fire. Did you notice that the place that she sets on fire was, like, the heart? Like, where it was yes. working in the chest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> I was like, symbolism! <laughs> I was so excited. I wrote it down. I was like, oh, my God, you know what that means? <laughs> Their hearts are on fire. <laughs> Burning with passion. Burning with passion. Um, so let's talk about Sophie a little bit. Yes, I actually something I really liked about this movie also is that there there were men in it, but very sparingly. Yeah. Um, I've seen movies in the past that are like, yay, women, feminism, and they're like noticeably absent of men, and I think that's unrealistic. I do too. So I really liked that there was men. Well, like, actually, on the boat. men weren't invented during that time. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I like that. Like, no, I agree, I agree with you. I just do because it's, it's stupid. Like. But for now, they are in this like sanctuary where nothing is expected of them from society and they can just be women. They're in a bubble. Yeah. 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 So I like Sophie because though she's a maid, she's. I like that she was part of the narrative. Yes. You know, exactly. and like it, it was. She was it was her story too because mm-hmm. she like got pregnant and they were trying to get her to miscarry. Um, with, like, the herbs and stuff like that, and, like, her hanging, like, which I... I wish they would have showed how she was hanging, because all they did was show her feet, and I was like, surely she's not hanging by her neck. Well, that's, that, that was my first thought, too. I was like, wow, they're really casual about her just, like, yeah. being dead in the kitchen. I'm like, I don't think she's dead, though. Well, no, <laughs> like, I, I didn't understand... Because she fell. Right. So she maybe she was hanging by her arms. I, I think know. she was holding on to something and hanging, but... Yeah. I don't... I guess they don't... I guess maybe in, like, 1700s, like, medical knowledge that that oh, would be a way sure. to miscarry. I mean, I think they just tried things like old wives' tales <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't imagine how many women were injured or... Permanently hurt the like oh, yeah. permanently injured or just injured in the moment trying to perform their own abortions oh my or God, it's going so to sad. like a, a medicine woman to perform an abortion. So that was a very interesting side storyline. Yeah, that was a very intense scene. Yeah, when she went to the, to the abortionist, the, yeah, like the, the woman or the whatever you call her. It was really sad. She's laying on the bed and there's like a little baby laying yeah. on the bed with and her. And she's like holding the baby's hand. And she's and like, oh, I can't even imagine. I know. I it. like it, it like this movie brings up a lot of emotions because every time I start talking about something I can feel like my throat like choking up like I'm getting emotional. But this movie is just very like it's very good and it really, it's it's very good on touching upon the emotions in a very in a, in a very, like, raw way where you can really identify with these characters. Even if you haven't experienced this, old, like, this in your own life, it's like, you know. Yeah. I mean, anyone who is a woman in this world gets how difficult it can be to be a woman. And I think to, they're, you know, it's just. This yeah. movie really portrayed how being a woman, especially in the past, had a tendency to be quite burdensome. Mm-hmm. 
a lot was expected of you. And with no disrespect to anybody, um, I think men, especially at that time, could do pretty much whatever they wanted and get away with it because they don't have to carry a baby. Yeah. So a woman has a burden of, I'm pregnant, what am I going to do about it? A, everyone sees me and then I'm disgraced. I don't have money to take care of this child. B, I don't want to have a baby. I can't have a baby. So there's this just this extra burden on their shoulders. Or I, on the flip side, here's a woman who's well off. Right. Who's basically only value is that she can produce children. Right. So I think you're talking about Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and just in that in society back then in general, like offspring was how you your value, yeah. which is stupid because well, it's like yeah. So well, and it's like I mean you know we've talked about like King Charles II of Spain before and like how he was impotent, but the women that he was married to were blamed because they couldn't reproduce, and it's like so it's yeah. not the decades upon centuries of incest that led to like this impotent like drooling, you know, half child man, like, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's the woman's fault, you know, and why like wouldn't King, it be? And like Henry VIII, yeah. who blamed his wives for not having a son. This movie did an interesting job of showing in that time period, I mean, how women were just so controlled and, and life was just not easy Yeah, in, in that environment, and... And it was just, it was really, it was really sad, and it was... Well, there's, like, an axe hanging over there. Like, speaking of King Henry VIII, like, there's, like, an axe hanging over there next. They know that it's going to fall, and eventually this is all going to be over. And it's it's just that, it's like going on vacation. And obviously this is totally vastly different going on vacation versus, like, marrying someone who you don't know and moving to an entirely different place, but... It's the idea that you're like, we're in a little bubble right now and nothing can touch us. And, you know, nothing is coming to us. But then, you know, reality hits you like a Mack truck and you're like, that's right. I got to go back to work and I got to go back to my life. And Mm -hmm. I can't stay in the, you know, on the beaches of Mexico for the rest of my life. I have to make money and like live. And and it's just. This movie was like a melancholy reality of being Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) Like real life calls. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this movie was, was like that, where they were able to be themselves, and they were, were able to be free of the confines, because the mother goes away for, like, five days. Yeah. That, like, and that was a short amount of time. That was, that was, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, in Shakespeare in Love, something similar happens. Her parents go to the country, so she just, like, goes wild and has an affair with William Shakespeare. Then in this movie, as soon as the mom's out of the picture, I, like, rub my palms together, and I'm like, finally, <laughs> the old bat has left the cave. And, uh, the old bat has left the cave. And it was just really lovely. Well, she was very lovely, though. She was yeah, the mother was yeah, fine. Yeah, she's super But lovely. I just, like, when the, when the cat's away, you know. The mice will play. And sure, I just yeah. really like that they were finally able to, like, shed their propriety. Yeah. And just be real around each other. All three of them, Sophie, Heloise, and Marianne, were, like, on equal footing. Even though Sophie still, like, served them their dinners and everything. Yeah. They still, like, they played cards together. And they I mean, they, like, went for a walk. Yeah. And I mean, it was and just really nice. It was it was really neat. And, and well, then, then they were, like, it was, like, a sisterhood because yes. they were, like, helping her to, you know, get rid of this baby mm-hmm. that she couldn't have. She's not married. And, 
I mean, who knows what happened to the father? The father could have been like, oh, shit, you're pregnant. Well, I gotta go. Bye. I think it was just really neat to see them all on equal footing. And the Heloise and Marianne's love story could really start to blossom. Well, yeah. they, they, like, that's, you know, they kiss. I think that the first scene where you can really feel something between them, where the tension is, like, it's palpable, is when Marianne says to her that uh, she can't make Heloise smile in her portrait. And then, like, Heloise goes and she, like, looks at the portrait. And there's just this moment between them and nothing happens. Yeah. But you're like, I was sitting there and I was like, kiss, kiss, I kiss. Know. <laughs> like I said, as soon as the mom left, I was like, all right, let's get down to I know, like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> let's be it. <laughs> yeah, I was seeing, and I really liked how it was such a slow burn. I did, too. And, but it was so good. Like, yeah. it kept my interest the entire mm-hmm. time. I wasn't like, oh, my God, when's the end of this movie? You know? Yeah. Um, it, it was, uh, it's, it's good. So yeah. good. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the mom, so Heloise tells the mom, I'll sit for her portrait. I'll sit for this portrait. Right, yeah. So that's why Marion is still there. Because... The first yeah, one. that's right. Yeah, because yeah. she was leaving. Like mm-hmm. she was only gonna be there for like three days. There was really yeah. like a really small amount of time, and then she, and then yeah, Heloise was probably like, "Well, if I can get this woman to stay longer, yeah. <laughs> like I got some feelings going on." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I really <laughs> so something that kind of made me laugh yeah. was when they were at that like. Weird women party. I don't know. <laughs> the they, called it, they called it a feast, but it looked like it was just a bonfire with a bunch of women standing around. But <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't like they weren't so like yeah. And yeah, then they all yeah. broke into song afterwards. I don't know. But so in at the bonfire. Oh, they went there because Sophie had talked to like the Oh yeah, the medicine woman. Yeah, yeah. Medicine yeah. Woman. Yeah. So at the bonfire, Eloise was just like standing there and then she walked in her skirt lit on fire and then she just stood there like ain't nothing but a thing like staring at Marianne while her dress burns <laughs> yeah and then all these women from the bonfire came and like put her out put yeah. her out but they like pushed her over and she fell over really kind of like violently just... but gently it was the weirdest it was thing a weird I've ever thing. and I <laughs> and I was like and it almost looked like it was a faint but I was like I'm yeah. pretty sure she didn't faint but it was just it was so weird like she's just like yeah yeah I'm I mean sure it's on fire but it's just fire. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, things don't burn as fast as they used to. <laughs> no, that's... Yeah. But anyway, so then her dress got put out, and then the next day was when they were walking, and they kissed for the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah, yeah. And then, so they kissed, and Heloise ran away, and she later met Marianne in Marianne's bedroom, and Marianne was like, I thought you were scared. And I thought this moment was really nice because mm-hmm. Heloise, Heloise says, you were right. But then they kiss and then classic Hollywood fade to black. We don't see them do anything beyond right. kissing. And then they wake the next morning. They're in bed together. So It's they, perfect, though. It's they so slept together, well done. Yeah. Because yeah. I know, I mean, well, you and I have talked about like gratuitous sex in yep. movies. And sex for sex sake is not good. Well, yeah. and sometimes it's like it's one thing to have a scene where it's like maybe like erotic, but sometimes it's like these sex scenes where you're like, oh my god, this is so bad. Like yeah. it's like like the one in uh is it fatal attraction? Why can I never basic instinct? I don't know why I always confuse those two. Basic instinct Michael with Michael Douglas and um, Catherine Trammell, that's her character's name, Sharon Stone. Stone. And the sex scene was like, I was just like, this is like 
really cringy. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just so... And then he's like, she was the fuck of the century. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, 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 I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think the fade to black is, is much more, much better. Just, just, we get the passion, because we got to see the make out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, embrace and everything. But, yeah, we don't have to watch, like, the gratuity where it's just like, okay, now's the sex scene. You right. Know? Well, and I think it... I feel like sometimes it's such an intimate act anyway between two people that sometimes it almost ruins the romance of it because Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just like too much or it's too graphic or it's too over the top and you're just like, all right, like, okay. And I don't want us to sound prudish because that's definitely not the case. It's just, it's not a prudish thing. It's just that it's done weird and it's done weird, like badly and it's, Sometimes just like you know, like that scene in Watchmen where you're like, "Oh my yeah, god, like, why are they doing this?" You know, like, like leaving leaving a little bit to the imagination goes right. a long way. Exactly, exactly, and I think that's the issue too. Is that like if something is, you know, like shoved in your face, like, "Oh, this is a sex scene. It's a sex scene. Look at it. They're having sex," and you're like, "Yep, I well, got it." And <laughs> also, like we talked about in our episode about um, the longest ride, like mm-hmm. it almost felt like in that movie they were like. You can tell that these two are in love because we're showing them having sex all the time. But in this movie, you could tell that these characters were in love because they were in love. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't think that a movie should replace love with sex just to I get agree. the point across. Like, that doesn't work, you know? Right. And unless, like, that's what the movie is about, it's a, an erotic thriller or something, that's one thing. But, yeah, no, I agree. It, like, it, it's... And we've said, like before too that usually like in scenes like that the foreplay is better than like the sex yes, scene exactly but it's and we get to like, see the foreplay a little bit yeah right and so like that's, but that's there's also romantic. yeah exactly but there's also um like part of me too in my mind watches these scenes and I go oh my god how awkward is this for the actors you know yeah. like they have to fake this like like, you have to fake an orgasm for eight hours. Like, I actually... <laughs> over again. Like, just... The the noise, like, the noise that women make when they have to get give birth on screen is Ugh. very awkward. And I think, like, some of the time, like, sex noises can be kind of awkward on movies. Because, yeah, they're not actually feeling them. They're right. just pretending. So it's, like, overblown. And yeah. I think it's it was just really nice. It was just really, really pretty yeah it was very romantic and then you got to see them in bed multiple times not having sex just you know like like hanging out hanging out in bed and like embracing and talking and well and then there's that one scene which was like a very like suggestive scene where they take the drugs yeah yeah and there's like and she's like rubbing it in her armpit and it looks and it's like a very up close shot so you're like vagina yeah is it is it no that's not it like for a second you're like um, yeah, I thought that right. was interesting, like, the duality of yeah. the scene was very creative. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted to point out something about that scene that I enjoyed was the body hair was believable for the time yes. period. dude, I'm glad that you said something, because, because I was like, I was like, oh my god, her armpits aren't shaped. This yeah. is wonderful! And I know that it's France, and there's like, oh, French women don't shave their armpits, but beyond just that, I like, because... In the 1700s, I don't think anybody shaved their armpits. And oh, I think it's a totally recent thing. I've seen, that. yeah, and really, I've seen yeah. many period pieces where the women are just so devoid of hair. Yeah, and um, you know what I've been noticing? So speaking of, um, 
like realistic like hair on women. I've actually been noticing in shaving commercials that they're actually like showing legs that have hair. So women are shaving like hair off. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for showing a totally real thing that happens. Like, because like those old like commercials like Venus, they always have these super smooth legs. And I'm like, no one starts shaving their legs when their (laughs) legs are already shaved. That's stupid. Why would you do that? You just did it. Like, and it's just, it's just. It's just so showing something that's real. So I'm like, oh, so like other women have hair just like me. Great. Wonderful to know. I want to see that. I want to see that because it's real. You know, it's not like you're not showing me someone who already has like super smooth, like fantastic legs. And they're like, let me just shave again because I have the tiniest bit of hair. It's one tenth of a millimeter. So I need to shave this right now. And you're like, okay, like relax. Like, you just go to the like the pool. You're gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know. So um, yeah. So I liked that the I for the time period that. the hair was believable in yeah. her armpit. I like that yeah. too. I I don't know what drug they were using, but it turned her eyes like demon black. Like, dude, her <laughs> eyes were like like she had all pupil. And yeah. There was like no iris. I know. And she's like, whoa, your it, eyes. I mean, I don't know because at first. It was Halloween's, and Halloween's has blue eyes, too, so yeah. it's not, like, the dark eyes that Marion had. But she said, I got this from, like, an herbalist or something, and I thought, oh, they're going to toke on some marijuana. But yeah. then she, like, took it out and rubbed it in her armpit uh-huh. and absorbed it through her skin, and it turned her pupil, like, it made her pupils so dilated that she didn't have any color in her eyes. I'm wondering what it was. Yeah, I was too. really curious. So I, yeah. I didn't look it up, and I feel like I should have looked it up, but I was really curious as to what kind of drug that was, because that was insane. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Her pupils were, like, her yeah. entire eye almost, like, Whoa. Yeah. So it was crazy. It was kind of interesting. I, I liked that. I liked, I just, I liked that they got this like oasis of time to spend together. Me too. And it was just, like you said, I think it was a really good example. It's like being on vacation. The mm-hmm. real world is just outside the door, but right now we're, we're, we're safe in this vacation. Exactly. And it's very romantic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was really excited that Heloise read the love story of uh, Eurydice and Orpheus. Oh, I really liked that, like, that's secondary... My, that's my favorite mythological story. <laughs> I, I, really? Uh-huh. I really like how that... It's like a B storyline that sort of is just illustrating their love story, basically. Oh, yeah, big time. And so something I also liked is that she was haunted by images mm-hmm. of Heloise in her wedding dress. Yeah. So I thought that was really neat how she would, like, turn around and all of a sudden see an image of Heloise in the wedding dress. And then she'd sort of shake that image off. Like, not yet. And, like, Heloise would yet. fade away. Yeah. yeah. Very, very parallel to yeah. the Orpheus and Eurydice story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love that story because it's so... It's very romantic, but it's also very sad, you know, because mm-hmm. she dies. It's, like, their wedding day, and she dies from a viper bite, and she goes to Haiti, or she goes to the world. And he is just, like, he's roaming all over the countryside, and he's playing his, his like, lyre. And um, and all these gods are crying, and they're like, go, go to her. Go to the underworld and try and see if you can get her. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he goes, and and he, like, he moves Hades, or he moves, yeah, he moves Hades, and he moves Persephone so much by playing his instrument that um, they're like, take her, go. But you can't look at her, you know? And... That's, you know, and then they're leaving and, and he turns around, he can't wait and he looks behind her and she disappears and it's just such a, it's just such a heartbreaking story. It's yeah. so sad, you know, it's just, 
it's yeah, it's my favorite mythological story. So I was it's really, really excited when you read really that. It's a really good story. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. But it's you know, I mean, it's 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 perfect for it's perfect for their love story. It's yeah, it, yeah. I really like that they had that aspect in it. It was it was really good, and I liked the conversation they had around the table where Sophie was like, "All he had to do was not look. Why do you look?" And then Marianne was like, "No, he made the poet's decision. Yeah, so they the could say goodbye to each other. Yeah, and." It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, and it's, sad and I think that, and I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but I think that that quick goodbye where he didn't really even get a chance to say goodbye was very much reflected in how they didn't really get to say goodbye, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, God, this movie really made me choked up. It was, it was a very emotional movie. Very mm-hmm. good. Uh, yeah, so she finishes the painting. Wait, so can I mention, I want to actually go back real quick um, to the bonfire. So with the women singing, I didn't know that they were singing at first. I thought it was like some weird underlying, like super, like deep music that was like starting to make me feel really anxious about what was going on, you know, in the film. And then I was, as I was watching these women all come together, I was like, oh my God, they're singing. I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right. And, um, and it was very beautiful, but they were, they were just singing so deeply that it sounded almost like an alarm going off, like a, like a klaxon alarm, you know? Um, and I don't know, it, it just, it, it was just very odd. I didn't, I didn't hate it or anything. I just thought it was very... I agree that I, it was odd. Yeah, it was I, just strange. Personally, I didn't really like any, I didn't care about the bonfire scene at all. I don't I know, thought yeah. the vehicle, it was used to, like, be a catalyst for the portrait that she painted, but they could have just as easily done that by having the three of them have a bonfire on the beach. Yeah. Except she had to meet, Sophie had to meet the the, the medicine woman yeah. to talk about an abortion, but all those things could have been done apart, so I'm really, I, I was hoping that you would have some insight as to why. Honestly, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know, I well. didn't. Yeah. I, I really didn't. I didn't think that there was... Um, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a scene that I could do without or anything like that. I didn't mind it, um, but I agree with you. It didn't. I didn't really care about it, or it didn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't really anything about it that really attached itself to me, other than that weird scene where the, yeah. the music, where, the, the, singing were, was the women were singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see the Little Hours? I have not. No. Um, that's a. Bit- a very strange and vulgar movie about women living in a convent, a convent, a convent, <laughs> and um, James Franco's brothers in it. Oh, um, Dave, Dave Franco, and he's what's her name? Franco <laughs> from Community, his wife in real life. Who? The brown haired woman from Community, his wife in real life. Yeah, she's in the show Glow. Uh, Allison Brie, yes, we married Brie. I thought she was married to like Vincent. No, that's um, Gilmore Girls lady. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, then I was. Okay. So Allison Brie. Oh, I didn't know that they were married in real life. That's cute. Ab, Ab, what's her name? Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza <laughs> and Molly Shannon and John C. Riley are in it, and it's okay. a convent in like the 1300s. It's and a comedy. It's a comedy. It's very vulgar. Okay, I'm like, but, I'm like, that sounds like a comedy cast, not like um, a serious cast. It, it's like a movie that I watched, but I didn't. I wouldn't say it made it made me kind of uncomfortable to watch it. I wasn't like enjoying well, it, it. It's called The Little Hours. Okay. Anyway, so there's a scene. Huh. 
where Aubrey Plaza sneaks away from the convent and she goes and she meets this like group of witches around a bonfire and they're like dancing and stuff and more things happen but I was thinking of that scene in this movie I'm like is this like a, a witch gathering or something like what's happening in this scene weird. with the bonfire and then she met the medicine woman and I thought is it but then all they did was sing so I don't know what the bonfire was it's funny that you mentioned that like Aubrey Plaza runs off to go join like a bunch of witchy women because that happens in witchy an episode women. of Broad City where <laughs> like the two girls, they go and they, like, meet all these women that are dancing around this bonfire, and they're all, like, witchy women. They're, like, singing, and they're, like, dancing and taking off their clothes. And it's a very quick scene. It's only, like, maybe two, three minutes long. Yeah. But um, but I was like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if all they did was sing a weird-sounding song? Would you still think it was fun? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think i think it was fun. Yeah. But... I'm wondering if that's, like, a theme. Oh, because that also happens in The Witch. Did you ever see that movie? No. I heard that was scary, so. I I didn't, I didn't really think it was scary. I, it was, um, it was very slow and not in a way that was, like, I think, my personal opinion, I think it was hyped up a lot more than it should have been. Yeah. I don't think it was that, I didn't think it was that great. I probably, I would maybe see it again if someone was like, oh, I really want to see this movie. You would deign to watch a movie with them. I would deign to watch a movie. Um, but there is a scene at the end where the girl goes and she's joins a bunch of women around a bonfire and they're all witchy. They're like worshipping Satan and it's like it's I've never been to a female bonfire. I just I've, I've been to I've been to you know both sexes bonfires. <laughs> like but yeah. Never like a female only bonfire. But now I think I might add that to my bucket list because clearly there's some witchy things going on and I need to go and see what's going on <laughs> with these only bonfires. Um, yeah, so I was just, I was wondering like what was happening, but then they never really explained it. No. And it never went beyond that, so that so, scene ended. I did want to talk about after she gets the abortion, after mm -hmm. Sophie gets the abortion. Oh, good, yes. Yeah. I knew as well. So they were lying in bed, or Sophie's lying in bed, and Heloise is like, are you asleep? And they, like, put the the mattress on the floor. And then she wanted to reenact the abortion yeah, in a painting. I thought that was so, so fucking weird. Is that, was that weird I thought it was weird as well because I thought that that's a lower point in the movie for me because it seemed like they were trying to make a social commentary. Like, Heloise, Heloise was like, you're going to paint. And Heloise was pretending to be the abortionist. And Sophie was laying like she was getting an abortion. But I never learned, like, there was never a mention of that painting yeah. ever again. And that's where I think it fell flat. Like, I thought they were trying to make some sort of commentary. The director was making some sort of commentary with it, but didn't finish the sentence, basically. Yeah. Like, there was never a moment where she was displaying her work in the city, where she had the abortion painting up or anything. Yeah. So I kind of wish that they had done no resolution. Like that. And so it felt random and unnecessary it did it well and it also felt like this is probably a traumatic event that sophie just went through why would you want her to recreate it yeah like that like i thought that was like that that part bothered me more than anything else was mm -hmm. i was just like i'm like this was like a couple hours ago this just happened why would you want her to like be in a similar situation where this is potentially like a triggering thing for yeah. her, you know? And Sophie seemed amazingly cool and on board with what was happening. She, she was, was like, like totally you want kind. me to lay down and put my legs up? Sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, she like wasn't like, no, yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. It was just so... It was very strange. And if 
if it had been a different story where Heloise was a crueler woman, then I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't a cruel woman. Right. So why would, like, it just, no, it it felt totally out of place. I was wondering if you had any, like, insight into that. Because no, I was just like, I, the only, I just watch? Yeah, the only insight I have is maybe there's a deleted scene somewhere of that painting being shown to yeah. people or something. Or, like, some powerful follow-up with the painting she created of it, but as it stands, as the movie stands right now, there's really no purpose for it. Right. But I'm glad that you thought that was weird, too, because I was just like, why? Why? Yeah, I thought it it was just strange. And just how okay Sophie was with it, too. Yeah, there was, especially at that time, I assume getting an abortion would be quite unpleasant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Without modern medicine and... And scary. Yeah. I mean, what a scary situation. Like, it's it's just like, and it, it, lo- it seemed like it was painful and, I mean, traumatic. It just, it doesn't seem like someone, something that someone would be so casually okay with recreating. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, I, like what you had said, I wish that there had been more to that. Or they just had not included that scene. Yeah, I, I agree. I can't, yeah. If it's it, unfinished. Right. If there was an impact to it, great. But there's no impact as far as the rest of the film goes. So it's kind of like, okay, why did we just do that to further traumatize this poor girl? You know, yeah. like, that's not cool. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I know what you mean. And I felt similarly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we're getting near the end. Yes. <laughs> and... Marianne is painting a little tiny portrait of uh, Heloise so she can bring it with her. And I can't remember if Heloise was smiling in the portrait or not. Um, I don't know if you remember. I don't remember either. I don't, I, I can't remember either and I wish I could because I felt like that was important. Now I'm feeling like it's important and I don't remember. But uh, Heloise asks her to, to draw a little picture of herself. In uh, on page twenty eight of this book, which is yeah, important. I thought that was really <laughs> sweet. I thought, well, yeah. number one, I thought, wow, Heloise is pretty good at picking page numbers that have big blank spaces on them. But I was that's like, movie magic for I you. Like, I was kind of wondering that too because I was like, does she know that there's a blank yeah. space there? Like she's just she like, says, I've memorized each of the number, <laughs> each of the pages that have a blank space, and number twenty eight is blank. <laughs> Heloise says to Marianne, you know, you have a picture of me. I want a picture of you. And Marianne picks up her Heloise's book and says, give me a number. Yeah. And Heloise says 28. And lucky, page 28 is like a one sentence and then a whole blank page. But something, there was something really poetic in that moment Mm -hmm. that I really liked. And it's while Marianne is painting herself a portrait of Heloise, like a little one. And Heloise says... Eventually, you'll stare at that picture so much that when you think of me, that's going to be the picture you see. And I thought that was so sad and and beautiful because they won't be seeing each other in person maybe ever again, probably ever again. Oh, yeah. So her mind, her memory is going to eventually be clouded by this painting instead of the real person. And I think that's it's really, it was a good line, I think. I loved it too that there was like, when uh, Marianne was drawing herself, that there was like the mirror propped up, like right in yeah. like, just a very intimate area, you know, yeah. her lover's body, and and you know, um, and uh, Heloise was lying there naked, and it was just a very 
intimate scene and it wasn't sexual. It was just like, just this, this moment shared between two women and, and, you know, Heloise is able to watch this woman that she loves drawing, like doing the thing that she's passionate yeah. over. And it's just <laughs> like, and you know, it's coming. So it just, it just breaks your heart, you know? Yeah. Um, I really liked, we skipped something that I really, I really enjoyed and it was, so that, before that, or no, we didn't skip it, sorry, it's after that. They're laying in bed and it's dark, it's nighttime, the mother's coming home the next day, and they're talking about what they'll remember. Yeah. And I, I really like that moment between them where they're like, I'll always remember, you know, the first time I wanted to kiss you, but then we don't find out Heloise's first time, but yeah. then we find out Mary Ann's, <laughs> and then... You know, like, I'll remember your dark look, like, you know, and, and it, I just, I really like that moment. Like, they did, they do get to say goodbye in that, that scene is like them saying goodbye. Which yeah. Is, yeah. And then they wake up, and it's the next morning, and that the guy's there to help Marion leave, mm -hmm. and I actually wasn't sure. At first, I was like, is that the dude that Heloise is marrying? I was like, that's weird. Why would he just be, yeah, like, I had hanging out downstairs? Yeah. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, But then he was just such a casual, like, character. Like, there was nothing to him that I was like, okay, so he's not, obviously. Yeah. I didn't think I would... What I would have imagined is that they were going to go to Italy to meet this guy and then get married there. You know what I mean? Right, that's what I... That's yeah. What I think like, why would he too. come to them yeah. if they're going to move there? Because that's right. just a huge... Like, it's... You know, you don't have a car. It's impractical. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was just, like, the... He was just, driver like... Driver. Yeah. Or, like, carriage like, person or something. More or less, yeah. But, I mean, they travel so far that, of course, they have to have, like, you know, a, a break and, like, yeah. lunch and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was... That was interesting. Though, so, I actually did want to mention one part, and I can't remember where it happens, but when... Uh, Marion is trying to find Heloise and she's like looking over the cliffs for a second. I was like, yeah, I was like, did she throw herself off like her sister did, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it, it didn't seem like she was looking for her like that. It seemed like she was actually like, I'm looking for her like alive. And like, yeah. And um, that was the scene that scene in right before that scene was, was like the most emotion until the last scene that I mentioned. But yeah. So they sort of had the ultimatum conversation where Heloise is like, are you asking me to resist this marriage? Yeah. Subtext being, are we going to be like, do this? Right. <laughs> and Marianne, I think the, the, the fact that they both knew the reality, not only that they were women in a relationship, which society would not have probably allowed at all. No, no, definitely But not. even if it was a man and a woman, which society would have allowed at that time, they still couldn't have been together. Mm -mm. Because of, like, the class and... And, and the arrangement to someone else. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's doubly so because they were, it, it, like, two women. And yeah. So both of them knew that it was going to end, but they had to sort of have that conversation... It's and, so sad. And then Heloise runs out, and it, the emotion when Marianne finally finds her, like, she's looking over the cliff, and then she runs down to the beach, and she and embraces her. she's like, I'm her. so sorry, I'm so oh, sorry, Oh, and the wind me. is blowing. Yeah, it's oh, so pretty. Oh, it's so good. And they're in this, like, beautiful cave, like, right near the ocean. Like, God, yeah. that, that movie was gorgeous. It was. The water was so pretty, like, teal color. Oh, my God, it was so yeah. beautiful. Um, yeah, and so then... Um, so then let's talk about the end. Well, first, there's oh, okay. one more thing. Okay. So, 
Marianne is leaving and she goes into the room where Heloise and her mother are to say goodbye. Oh, yeah, that's right. Heloise okay, is yeah. wearing the wedding dress. And she walks out and she leaves and Heloise follows her and Heloise says, turn around. And she turns around and she disappears, you know. Yeah, that fate, like, very goes to black, pretty, just very like the, the myth that yeah. they were reading. And then the ending where she's... Oh, wait, wait, so I actually do want to talk about that scene real quick because... When Marianne was saying goodbye to Heloise, you could see how much restraint she had to like pull back. Oh yeah, that scene it like was, killed me because so... she was saying goodbye and she's like, she's like goodbye and then she like hugged her and she pulled her back because you knew mm-hmm. that she was like, I'm gonna kiss her, mm-hmm. like given a chance, you know, like you knew that she, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to have a very long and emotional goodbye. Yeah, but they couldn't. They're right the in front of their mom. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm sure Heloise would have never told her what happened with the mom, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. that part was so... I think that was kind of the scene that really, like, really broke my heart most of all, was that that restrained goodbye, knowing that she there was nothing that she could do, you mm-hmm. know? And she just had to, like, let it go, and that was it. It was... It was really, <laughs> really well acted. Really, yeah. Really well done. And it was so quick, but, like, it was... It was so quick, but it was done in a way that it made sense with the plot. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like it yeah. wasn't like you were like, "Oh, that was fast." What? It was just like, "Oh, okay." Like they had to do it because they can't be together. And yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um. So then the ending comes, and mm-hmm. it's basically like Marianne is just doing a voiceover, and it's showing scenes where she's saying that she saw Eloise two more times in their lives, mm-hmm. and one of them was at an art show where there was this painting of Heloise on display. Uh-huh. And I thought that was really, I really liked that moment because Heloise is in the painting with a little girl. So you know that, however, you never know how her marriage is. Right. But you know that whatever happens, she is successful for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes. Yeah, She much. has a child. She's well off. Her marriage you know, she's she's married the way that the arrangement was intended to be. Um, but she's got a book in her hand, and her yeah. finger is on page 28. I know. And I thought that was so cool. Like, such a cool I touch. loved it. Yes. So, and I, think, and I think it's cool because, like, Heloise knew that Marianne would probably see that portrait. Yeah. And. But just such a throwback like a to be like. It's a way of saying, I love you. It's, oh. It's, Sorry, what were you going to say? No, that I, I, I just, it, it's a very emotional scene, you mm-hmm. know? And I like that she painted um, Eurydice and Orpheus. Yes. Yeah? And she painted them at the caves. Where they were looking at each other. Yeah. And not where right. um, she was falling away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, um, but that, you know, they, she's going to like the orchestra or the, the symphony. And this is the scene that just really got me. <laughs> like, so she's saying, I, she's, the voiceover says, I saw Heloise one more time. And this scene, the context of this scene, you have to go back. Because Heloise, when they were, when they were first hanging out, Heloise had never been to an orchestra before. Mm-hmm. So Marianne plays on a harpsichord. She's like, oh, I want to play this song. Okay, I had no idea what kind of instrument that was. I was wondering, yeah. like, I know it's not a piano. So, I'm like, what is that? So She's like, this, this, you've never been to an orchestra? Well, let me try to you know, let me describe it this way. So she goes to the harpist court and she's like, so it's a song. This song is about a storm is coming and the insects know and everything's agitated. And so she's playing it, but then she kind of, and it's, 
She, like, forgets. She forgets how it goes. But anyway, so then Marianne is in this concert hall, and she sees across the balcony Heloise coming in and sitting down in her little box area. And she's alone. And she's alone. And the music is just swelling. And it's that piece. Yeah. And the music is swelling, and we're just seeing Heloise. And Heloise is, like, starting to cry (laughs) and, like, breathe heavy. And Heloise did not see Marianne. Like, it's it's one-sided. Yeah. But her attention is totally focused on the orchestra and the music and the emotions that it's producing because it's memory and it's just a really intense piece and it's and it goes on and on and on and it's so good. It's such a it's such a, an intimate it only means an intimate portrait of just watching as someone you know, associate the emotions that she had with this woman, with this piece of music that she's yeah. now finally hearing for the first time live. And it's, and you just see one little single tear. It's and so beautiful. It's so good. <laughs> I'm getting choked yeah. up talking about I, this. Like, I didn't cry. Whew. I don't cry often in movies, but I felt a well of emotion that was close to crying at that scene and when it was over I sat for a second and I was just like so moved and as I said at the beginning I don't know if that I don't know if that moment would have had as much impact if the rest of the movie hadn't been so subdued yeah I agree it was so well done it was and it was so simple Mm -hmm. it was just her face just yeah oh god And the music just kept swelling and swelling, and it, the scene went really long, like, way longer than most, like, last moments in a movie go, and it just was... It It was was perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was perfect. The movie itself was almost like a symphony, you know, just, like, so well-crafted. It was. Meticulous. It was aesthetically pleasing. I mean, it's a fantastic film, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, and... Guys, we do not agree a lot on film, so if we both like it, you know it's got to be good. <laughs> There's something about it. I mean, you must be listening to us for a reason, because you like our opinions. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, would you recommend it? Oh, yes, I would. Yeah. It's a very specific type of movie, though. Um, it's, it's not... It's not quick and it's not flashy, Mm-mm. so I would I would definitely recommend it. But I would say, go into it knowing that it's it's going to pull you in and you're going to go on the journey with them. But it's it's not exciting. Yeah, it's very different. It's very different than a lot of movies. It is. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. It's like it's got like ninety eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes, and oh, I one hundred percent agree with yeah, that. I think it's, it. It like the woman who did it, Scammy, I think is her name. Um, let me see, I have her name written down. Um, oh, I guess I didn't. Write and it, it is down. in French. It's a French, but film. I wouldn't let that dissuade you either. No, definitely not. Um, it's a, just a beautiful film, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, I love a good love story, and I really love a, a good love story about lesbians because <laughs> they're so rare. Yeah. But also. Just seeing the love between two women is, it's nice. It's nice to see that. It's its not something I usually get to see. So having that kind of like, just this pure and, and emotional connection between these two people, it's, um, I really, I really enjoyed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it. You know, I mean, sure. 
I think, you know, and I'm a straight person, but I still, it doesn't matter because I still enjoy it, <laughs> you know, regardless. Like, it, it's it's love is love. And I like, I think this goes back to something we talked about with our romantic movies mm-hmm. episode where it's it's good to see representation, respectful representation. Yes. And I, I appreciate that because even though we are heterosexual women, there are lesbians who want to see representation, yeah. you know? And, and previously, we talked about how gay characters in movies were like, well, I'll just be with you because you're gay and I'm gay. And let's yeah. just you know, wrap up our storyline really quick. So, so the fact that there are movies out there that are representing relationships that other people are in, I think it's, it's, it's cool. It's, res- it's refreshing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have, you know, um, I have, uh, two friends who are gay. I mean, and, and I was telling them about this and they were like, Oh my God, we have to see that. And I was like, you absolutely have to mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. And it's, and, and they were saying like, it's so nice to have something like that, to see something like that, to see something where I can see myself reflected in these characters and their experience. And I mean, I, as being a heterosexual person, I've obviously never experienced that level of discriminatoryness when it comes to um, having a partner that's the same sex as me. But I can imagine that in any time, including now, it's hard. You know, there's always right. going to be people who you know, just, like, want to hate you just because of who you are, what you look like, or whatever, your preference. It's just, and it's, and having this, this movie, which, um, there's something that people were, like, critics were saying that, um, it's so outside of the male gaze that it's, like, it's so refreshing to not, it's a very, it's, it's a very much, like, it's made for women. You know what I mean? It's a movie that is made for women about women and it's a very realistic but also touching story and it's it's refreshing to see that where you don't have to like you know have that aspect of like we like there's nudity in the film but it's not it's not sexualized you know what I mean and um and I it's nice to see that it's nice to have that it's nice to have something where you can just enjoy it because it's just good, <laughs> you know, and it's just about women that are in love, and it's it's just a beautiful story, and it's in a beautiful place, and so uh, it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's so on, Hulu. Watch it on Hulu. Yeah, um, I guess we're done talking about the movie. So <laughs> follow us on SoundCloud, follow us on Spotify. Uh, please give us five to five five iTunes. Give us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> One iTunes isn't enough. <laughs> One iTunes isn't enough. Give us five five iTunes. Um, where else are we on? SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Oh, Google Play. Um, and if you have any recommendations, you can email me at watchersofmovies at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, which is Watchers of Movies, and Facebook, also Watchers of Movies. And thank you to Mike for our theme music. His Twitter handle is. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. Uh-huh. His name is Mike Myers. Yeah, and he's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. And I 
I really enjoyed this film. I'm glad that we did it. And oh, thank you to John for the recommendation. Hey, John. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to John. Sorry we didn't do it sooner. <laughs> but we did it. So at least yes, it's good. Thank, thank you for the recommendation. Yes, you're awesome, dude. Great recommendation. <laughs> I, I like, you did a good job. <laughs> so you should feel good about yourself. <laughs> so that's right. it. That's it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.